Is it going? All right, and here we are again. Here we are. We are here without Chase. I assume he's on his way. I don't know. Yeah. So Chase confirmed that he was good to go, but uh, he is um, fashionably late, I guess. But we on the, we do have Jesse Barrymore here, and uh, yeah, there's Jesse down there. And for those of you who don't know Jesse, Jesse is one of my favorite TikTok guys I follow. Uh, he uh, is an on the road. Is it on the road or over the road? An OTR. Over the road. Yep. Over the road flatbed truck driver down in the States slash TikTok celebrity. <laughs> TikTok I celeb. Just, I checked your following here and you are about to pass me on my main TikTok account. You're so close. And I am, to toot my own horn, Canada's second highest followed truck driver. So you're about to surpass Canada's second highest followed truck driver on TikTok. Let's go. I mean, I don't... <laughs> Get a huge thrill out of putting Canadians to shame, but I will if that's what it takes. <laughs> you should, Canadians. All right. <laughs> so here, Jordan, you take over here for a sec. I got a couple of note things to do here, but you're pretty good at interviewing. It's well, yeah, podcast. but now I got to panic and look for the interview notes because I thought Chase would be here. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're doing, we're doing so much better these days. Chase, the guy, where are you? When we first started interviewing, it was just like, hey, man. What do you do? So now yeah. it's like, okay, we actually have notes, but we're not prepared right now. Sorry. Oh, so. Loose notes. So I guess we could say, uh, well, J Jesse, how uh, how did you even get into trucking then? Like, how long have you been doing it? Two questions right well, there. I've been uh, in and around trucks my whole life. Like my family, my dad was a logger by trade. So I was in and around a lot of forestry equipment and then sort of into some ag stuff too because i was either on or very close to ranches and stuff my whole life so some of my early memories are like running like a skidder or a caterpillar a log loader and um being in the truck with my dad as we're moving equipment around the woods that kind of stuff and then when i was 21 i decided to go over the road and that was 2013 and um I've basically been doing that off and on ever since um, in the truck out here going mm -hmm. over the road. So, Very cool. How did you get your license? Did you do the driving school or did you just get to challenge it? Um, I, I sort of had an exemption that I ran under for some time, like an agricultural exemption. But mm -hmm. um, when I was 21, I wanted, I wanted to go interstate. You couldn't go out of the state with that. So I wanted to go interstate trucking yeah. and then I signed on with a big company and they, they paid for my schooling where, you know, I had to learn a lot of the regulations and all that stuff too, not just driving the truck, but yeah. You know, how to Farmers in our area get quite, quite exceptions too. It's a, I yeah. Think yeah. I, if you can, when, you can run any class three vehicle. So like a tandem end dump with right. uh, just a class five license. And you can get your class five at, you know, 16. So a 16 year old can take a tandem truck. But what guys have been doing is they'll take a tritum end dump and then put a converter dolly and then run a full semi trailer. And you can technically run that at 16 year old in a class five. It's kind of ridiculous. That's oh, a good man. one hell of a loophole. When yeah, you, uh, one hell of a loophole. <laughs> when you sign on to like a company that, that gets, puts you through the, the training or gets your license there do you like is it like a term thing like you got to give them a year or two of solid employment and then they pay for it or or what that's 
that's typically the setup. Like I, I'm pretty sure when I did it, it was a nine month commitment. Like I wouldn't have to pay anything out of pocket if I worked for them for nine months. Yeah. And so it, in, in essence, it was free. I mean, it's not good wages and you're kind of at the bottom of the ladder or what have you. But once you get that experience in, you can kind of just go wherever you want from there. I'm going to click on a comment here. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't answer uh, that one. Zeb Tor, am I the only yeah. one who thinks Jordan looks cute? I would like, yeah, thanks guys. The Thanksgiving fit is pretty good here. You so, know, the mustache Jordan, looking good. Thanks, man. Yeah, Keep you're a handsome good. fella. I, I'll, I'll, I'll agree. I'll take with that. that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. So, um, okay, trucking, driving school. So, where, where are you located exactly? If you said already, my my bad. Um, I live in Idaho. I live up north, um, in the Panhandle of Idaho currently. Okay. I was. Cool. In, you don't gotta get too specific. Don't want someone showing up at your house. So. Uh, you know, uh, there has been <laughs> some problems with that in the past. So yeah. No I way. Just, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you yeah, do tell sure. actually. You've had people show up to your house. You you gotta tell it. I remember Joel was quite upset. People were dropping things off on his property. He was pretty upset about it. Like don't you guys yeah. are screwing with my privacy and rightfully so, kind of his his well, feelings on that. But it's such an interesting thing, uh, like the parasocial relationship people will build with you online because when you're first start like when we were first starting out making content, we never expected that there would be hundreds of thousands of people watching over time you know and i don't think that we took those precautions that we maybe we should have and then uh once the once one or two people show up and make their presence known it's kind of like oh wow we should have uh been a little bit more careful about you know our private information to begin with but sometimes you got to learn that the hard way <laughs> i joked joe joe uh joseppe is um is uh Jesse's like I get I look I would call it like I don't know workmate partner best friend of the road type of thing is the yes. impression I get that they're bounce content off each other. Sometimes they'll they work for the same company. They'll go uh, over the road together, like on the okay. same kind of jobs and stuff. That's and cool. their yeah, their content really uh, cross relates and and that. But I, I follow Joe too. He's another good, good guy to check out. And uh, he someone like dropped something off in his house and. Uh, or it was, or send a mail or something like that. And I, I was joking. I was like, I, I, what did I say? I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't realize I was crossing the line. Like when I sent you my dirty underwear <laughs> or something like that. Uh, I, <laughs> I remember that. That was so funny, man. Yeah, yeah that was a little bit was wild because was home. He'll park at his house. And so he was at home and someone had left something like on his truck. And it caused, he was like, whoa, um, you know, just a moment of pause. Like, uh, maybe I shouldn't be uh, showing as much information, that kind of thing. But yeah, that was yeah. funny when you said that there. And I remember we were laughing about it. <laughs> Good. I didn't know how he took it. I, you, you commented it was pretty well. Yeah. Um, we, we, we got our show notes here. I'm, I'm curious because it's, it's one of the things that I see and I quite like. Okay. Governed at 65. Your trucks are governed. I know we have some, like, is that. Is that a thing for the company you're with? Oh, uh oh, we got some audio leg there. Oh uh, no, Jesse's freezing here. Uh, oh, and, I, and we lost him. Okay, uh, <laughs> he'll be back. But I do know that his truck is governed at 65 from the TikToks that he produces. Oh, and I, uh, I know so I do know some companies here that that do that, but it's just I hate that. I can't stand that. 
Right. Oh, here, here he comes back. Uh, I think it's dangerous too, because guys, guys try to pass when they're governed if they can't go fast, and then they're trying to do dangerous passes and stuff along two lane highway. Like it's not. Then he gets stuck out there beside him. Are you there, yeah. Jesse? So, uh, I, I think I'm him. back. I, apologies. I think that my service is just a little bit iffy out here. I apologize for that. Well, that's all right because right now you're you were somewhere in America on a reset, right? You like go six kind of as much as you can, and then you just take your time off in whatever city you're at until you get your days off at home. Is that how that works? Yeah. So I mean, I'm on a basically a cross country trip right now, so. Um, we have 70 hours to drive in a week. And then when we run to the end of that, we've got to take 34 consecutive hours off. Mm. So I'm on one of those 34 hours right now. Um, I try to do that every weekend so that I can still have all my weekday time available to run. But, um, typically that's what we'll do is take one day off every weekend and yeah. then keep running. Not so bad. Okay. I was talking about the governed trucks at 65. Hopefully you don't disappear again i know we have some government companies in canada here and i was just saying how i find it dangerous because guys will be trying to pass and stuff and you just don't have the juice to do it so then you got to slow down then you're stuck behind a guy going slower like what do you think of it those i think that like a lot of regulations it's well intended on some level but in practice it just doesn't really translate to doing a whole lot to help anybody mm -hmm. um it is it is pretty frustrating at times, especially when we're, you know, um, when we're in areas where the speed limit is like 65 or miles per hour and we have a 65 mile per hour truck, that's not as big a deal. But when the speed limit's 85 mile per hour and we can only go 65, it, it does create some potential problems. You know, you have those moments where people are coming up and you are an obstruction at a certain point. It's, yeah, I, I'm seeing a comment here, and he's just saying how uh, his truck's governed at 65, and then some have alerts. I have worked with companies that just do the alerts and actually prefer that because you can say, hey, I was passing someone. Someone was coming. I just had a zip in, zip right. out. Like, no worries. Like, it's you still have the speed, and then you don't um, – then you're not actually speeding. Your drivers aren't going 130 all the time or something. So There we go. Yeah. Chase, Chase is here. Sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. We're um, talking – yeah, I was looking at my phone. I'm texting Chase, trying to get him the link there. Sorry to miss that, uh, Jesse. I wasn't being rude. No, we're just talking and about now, the, the governor. Now Chase then... doesn't have audio. Oh, great. Well, okay, just zip okay. it till you okay. start talking. <laughs> yeah, okay, Jesse, keep going. Yeah, killing our conversation. Yes. But... So, I mean, we have this, like, constant situation on the freeway, like on the open road where you come up. Like, my truck goes 64 and a half is actually Ooh. what it does. And um, if you come up on the guy that's going 61, but then like variating between 55 and 61 and you try to pass them, it takes eight miles to get it done. Yeah. And it's, see, that's yeah, what it's, I just can't stand. It's just so frustrating because like it would be really nice if I could just get up to that 70 mile an hour and get around and keep moving. But yeah. um, I, I don't think that's the stuff that they put into account when they come up with these regulations. You know? No, no, definitely. They're never no. going to think about it. And you don't have the, uh, that amount of hours in a day. Like, I believe that we are allowed to drive longer in a day than you. Um, right. What, and uh, and I, I watch you at the end of your, um, your day, you usually put up where you are and how many miles you drove that day. And you'll be like, I drove like 670 miles today and I'm in some crazy town I've never heard about in the state I barely built. And uh, yeah. 
And I'm like, holy shit, like you made it that far doing 65? Like yeah. that's pretty impressive. And like, if you don't have the speed to get up and pass somebody, then you're stuck beside, behind the slowest truck on the road. And that truck might only be able to do 55. Oh, speed limiters are stupid. Chase, you there he is. <laughs> okay. I hate right. speed limiters. Yeah, that's so what we're much. on about speed limiters and how much I hate them. I was saying I, I prefer the alerts because I don't love that either. But if you're going to do it, just do an alert system. So, oh, that driver's going 130 constantly. That's a problem. No, it's, oh, he went 130 for a second. He was just passing the guy. That's fine. Like I, Or I speed limiters should take you down like after a while maybe like it, there should be an option to bypass it for like five minutes like hey i need Correct. a bypass where you can get around hit it get mm -hmm. around somebody or in the event if you've ever blown like a steer tire or something like it, i don't know if you guys have blown a steer tire out or not when you're yet. driving but the biggest uh, solution to that is you need to apply a ton of power because when you blow a steer tire you have a ton of sideways force applying to your rig at all of a sudden so what you want to do is you want to counteract that with forward momentum and forward force. If you hit the brakes, your lateral force as a per percentage of total force on the vehicle is much higher. But if you throttle into it, your forward force is actually higher. So when you blow a steer tire, you want to throttle into it for 5, 10 seconds, apply that power to restrict the lateral force, and then keep it on there. And then once you blow the tire, then you can slowly start bringing it down. But if you're running your truck right at the governor, right at the speed restrictor. And if the speed restrictor is too low, that's where a trucker is going to be running at. Then when he blows that steer tire, he has nowhere to go, nothing to do other than slow down. And it's not as good. Mm -hmm. Plus yeah. he can't pass. Hot take. Plus he can't pass. That's what I'm more yeah. can't pass. I mean, there's, there's a lot of situations. I mean, sometimes even loss of traction, things like that, where you want to be able to grab some throttle. And if you, if you're blocked up, um, I mean, it, it probably leads to as many dangerous situations as they think they're preventing. It's just a misguided rule. Mm -hmm. And do you Alert. find like that you are at times more in a rush than two because you know you can't make up time and you got deadlines to meet, or is it or your is your company per, fairly okay with just you get there when you get there type of thing? Well, or I I find that I have to. I have to like work mentally to not get in that zone where I'm feeling up against the wire. It took some doing the last company I worked for, I had an ungoverned truck. And so I, it took me quite a few months to get used to the idea of, you know, not having that extra pedal if I needed it. Yeah. What, what okay, we've talked about your truck and, and the speed quite a bit. Like what kind of truck do they have you in? I have a 2023 Kenworth T680 okay. with, um the boat anchor of an mx13 pack r engine which is uh chase talks about um engineered obsolescence and this is like the poster child of that they uh they pulled well, out all the guns for that at least it's not a max force uh, <laughs> i mean silver linings <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. There was, to be honest, like a good part of the reason I left a job I had left in the last couple of years was because they replaced their trucks with uh, trucks with pack car motors. And it, yeah. added an, it, it added, we were paid by the trip and you had three trips in a day and it added an hour and a half to my day. And then oh, it, wow. it made it, so, I made it so I didn't get home to see my family after work anymore to have dinner with because uh, my, right. my I have a baby and the baby would go to bed and before it was great I'm like okay well, I work but at least I got to go home every night and have dinner with my family and put my, sure. my kid to sleep and then they gave me a pack car and I couldn't do it anymore so 
Hmm. Chase was kind of behind me on my decision to leave on that, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's you need big power if you're going to be moving that kind of weight in the mountains. Like, I'm sorry, but you can't haul 150,000 pounds every single day in the mountains with a tiny packer. Like, it's right, not correct. meant for that. You know, we've we've my company has been beta testing because um, we have a division at our company that hauls. Um, like, I'm. I'm only 80,000 maximum, you know, out here over the road, but we have some segments of our company that'll haul up to like 105, like 100,000. And they've been testing out some different equipment in those trucks to try to maximize the power. And it's just, they, I think they've come to the conclusion that, that the MX engine has, the Packard engine just has so many pitfalls. We've started getting more trucks with the Cummins engine, which I think so far people have been having a better experience with but it's kind well, of a frustrating thing because like for for my company and like a lot of companies you know we're kind of at the mercy of the manufacturers which i think that you guys kind of understand some of how that works with trying to get your your products going um i mean a lot of people just really don't have that much say over the equipment because the they they make what they make and that's what's available on the market you know? i mean i I'm a big fan of going to like the aftermarket builders at this point to get a truck. The people that sure. just like rebuild the truck. There's not a ton out there, but uh, I, I've got a funny story about that Packard engine. There was a guy that got one. He got a W900 Kenworth with a Packard MX-15 or whatever, like the bigger one. And I had my 1969 Kenworth with the old big cam 400 in her. And they're talking and bragging up about this Kenworth with the Packard engine, and it gets such good fuel mileage. Well, I was able to keep pace with this guy in that 1969 Kenworth with a big cam 400. We both filled up leaving Grand Prairie. Then we refueled in Edmonton to see the difference, and I burned 40 liters less fuel than he did running <laughs> that old mechanical big cam than this brand new. Yeah. That's oh, that's oh, great. That's that's great. And like 40 liters on just that stretch is a yeah. big difference. You're talking like a 10% increase in fuel mileage. I was getting 10% better fuel mileage than his brand new fancy uh, truck. How did he take that? Was he just gutted? Uh, no. <laughs> he, then he looked at what I was driving <laughs> and he's like, ah, wow. Like, at least I got to row I ride comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Air ride. Yeah. That is funny. I, I know, like, like occasionally, I don't do a lot of long haul, but when I do with this company that I contract with, they uh, they have a Volvo, and everyone teases it, and it's like, oh, yeah, you got to go, like, 14 hours into, into Alberta and come back. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'll take the Volvo. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'll take this. Like, like it's not that bad. Like, I, I prefer the comfort on those long trips. No, no. I will absolutely take that old 1960s with a rubber block over a Volvo. And I'll drive a Volvo over for the comfort across <laughs> the country. I do not mind. I'm a big enough man to admit it. It doesn't matter to me for long haul. When I'm See, local, though, can't I only me. like driving truck because I like driving a truck. If I didn't like the truck right. I was driving, I wouldn't drive the truck. I get that. I'm fighting you yeah. on this one, though, because like, if mm -hmm. I'm doing local stuff, if I got to move a hoe around locally. It's like, yeah, take something that looks cool. But I don't know that comfort, especially the cab room. It's like a little hotel room. Like it's definitely nicer to stay in. So I I really like older trucks. I mean, I grew up in those trucks, but I don't know that. Uh, maybe I've just gotten soft by creature comforts, but I don't know that I'd want to spend eleven hours a day 
in a truck that wasn't like mm. this truck is one of the benefits of this truck you know performance aside is uh the comfort features and you do you do start to lean into those quite a bit when you spend your whole life in the thing yeah i i should say the selection of the trucks that i'm driving from here like they they don't have anything older good looking and in nice condition like the guy who hauled topsy here like that's a 1998 truck yeah i'd drive that across country way over the volvo of course that thing was sick the thing right. is though is like you can get an old truck that's still like old blue is awful rubber block suspension <laughs> it is terrible but if you get an old truck and you put the air ride on the like put an actual air ride change out the rear clip put air ride on it a nice air ride seat, spend the money putting in like the soundproofing into the cab, nice stereo system. You can make an old truck just as comfortable as a new one. It's just, yeah, the cab isn't as wide. I think that's the only thing. And that's the big debate that I get mm -hmm. into with people. Some guys for the long haul love right. the big cab. I hate the big cab personally, only for the reason is I like using like the passenger seat as like a storage thing. And I hate if you like put your lunch on it and you hit the brakes. It's on that side of the floor and that is now unreachable until i stop yeah i, I with the big cab i like and it's it's the littlest reasons but i i carry a hockey bag when i go and you throw a hockey yeah. bag into a kenworth and it's just so hard to get it in there with the volvo it's like there's a hallway to take everything down thing is though, i think if you're gonna go that way i'm not defending volvo i don't mind volvo no that's long that's fair but if you're going to go that way, why not just go full on cab over, like just full cab over, make the cab the whole width and instead of having any hood, put the cab above the hood and use that extra yeah. four feet as part of the like four feet more on the sleeper, five feet more on the sleeper. Mm -hmm. Like as a W900 with an 86 inch bunk, you could put another six feet on that bunk. Like imagine having like that, right. you know, your T680 with another five feet of space cab over like if you're gonna go creature comforts go creature comforts go full cab over yeah no, i i could see the benefit of that and even maneuverability you know for those of us that end up in the urban areas more often you know it's the there's a lot to be said for having no nose you know mm -hmm. how long uh, are you how, how long are you usually living in your truck when you when you go on a on a trip does it vary or is it kind of like you, you go for couple weeks come back for something how does that usually work i i try to plan it around what's going on at home when i go home i try to take quite a few days off so we can i can spend some quality time with the family um the first half of the year i'll usually stay out for longer stretches because i just don't have as much going on at home but i found out this this year earlier this year i stayed out for five weeks and uh, that fifth week was miserable, and I, that I learned that's my limit. So I try not to stay out any longer than about four weeks anymore, or that's, I start to go a little crazy. That's hey, a stretch still. I was I was checking our little show notes here. With you going away so long, one of the notes is cooking in the truck. So what are you like a pro chef in the in the truck here? Like what's going on with that? Your sexy robot. Your sexy kitchen robot. Yeah. What what is this? Yeah, I've got my sexy kitchen robot. Yes. Yeah. No, I I like cooking in the truck. Um, I'm kind of simple. I've tried to be uh on a better diet. I've been on a like a little bit of a weight loss journey or whatever they call that the last year or so. So um, it helps me like be able to eat a little bit better. But I'll cook real simple stuff like eggs and steak. I do a lot of that. Ended up. <laughs> Oh, excuse me. It helps me save a lot of money too. I mean, I just, 
everything's marked up so high at the truck stops and stuff down here. And um, it's just, and there's nothing of any real nutritional value that's easily accessible. So if you're not eating out of the truck, it's, it's hard to stay healthy. Yeah. I, I have a, I have a Snapchat of me just chewing on some raw ramen noodles because my inverter stopped <laughs> working and I couldn't get my boil my water to boil. So just eating that. And I just, the caption I think was like, you got to know when you've hit rock bottom or something like that. I mean, so what are your, I'll what are your tools? Ramen, just because I've been too lazy to cook before. I, raw ramen's pretty, it's not bad. I don't mind snacking <laughs> on it. You like break it up in like chip size and you sit there and it's not bad. Oh yeah, it's not bad. Like, you still put the you, seasoning on it. You still, oh, you like, got to put the yeah, seasoning on it. Yeah, you, but you got to be like strategic and like lightly pour the seasoning yeah, on it in like order to. Chips. Yeah. I did that too, but I was in about grade two, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what's your, so what do you, do you have a grill in your, that you bring outside your truck or is it you just cook mostly in a food ninja or what's your, how do you do this? Jesse. Oh, he's legging again. It looks he's like frozen again. Oh no, we can't really hold it against him because he's in a parking lot in the middle of some random. That's fair. Oh, I see his eyes yeah. moving. Probably. Yeah. Okay. He's uh, just well, really, really thinking hard about eating ramen. Yeah. <laughs> How do I like my ramen? I don't know. Okay. Chicken or beef ramen? Uh, it depends on the brand. Oh, we got to start off with brand. Best ramen brand. I'm Mr. Noodles, but <sighs> Ichiban. Ichiban. Ichiban for me too. It's got or, or, or like a random Asian one that you see in like an Asian market. Like you can't yeah, I would buy ramen. Yes. I'm in an Asian yes. market. I see yes. ramen random. Ram That's ramen, the I'm best buying. one. Yeah, Asian yeah. random ramens. Yeah, uh, it's like half open. You don't even know what's in there. Yeah, I want that oh, one. No. Jordan, buy that Pacific. Do okay. it. Do okay. it. I, I'm Chase sent me a Pacific. For those of you who don't know, we're talking about a dump truck, and he's talking about Edison redoing it. The only thing is, I hate buying something and then not like being able to touch or use it for a year like that's why i never pre-order a new truck because it's like oh yeah i bought a new truck well where is it uh so it's like ah oh, if i can if i can do it buy it and you'll just have to send me lots of videos of it oh, i really should i mean it's just you're pre-ordering a 1960s 70s pacific it's a 1972 okay i'm in i'm in i'm in Gotta e trash you a bunch of money now. Okay. Well, while <sighs> while uh yeah, we got some notes for not here. Yeah. We got a lot of stuff to talk about on Edison's front there too. Um, what did we talk about? Right, should, should we say what people keep asking us? Like, are we gonna drive Topsy home or drive Topsy to the show or things like that? But we can't, right? Because Topsy didn't yet to have have a VIN number, and that's something we're working on. We gotta, yeah, it's we gotta get it registered in. Mm -hmm and things so part of the testing and part of the things we're doing is that safety testing so we still got to do that i have a possible mm -hmm. suggestion um definitely don't don't have to do nothing but with a tour i know we were concerned about bobtailing we got to get it back eventually could we you know do a tour on a step deck anyway like take it city to city unload it show it off well probably a little bit be preferred so we could unload and load and then um we could do little tours in towns and then load back up, go to the next big town. We have meet up, like just do two or three stops across Canada. Yeah. And I mean, once we get it back here and we do everything, then I want to um, actually just take it, get it back to BC, do a little bit of work here, show our customers. And then I'm thinking in the spring, we should do a cross country road trip. That yeah. would be, I think, I think that's best. better because whoever is hauling the truck is going to be on the payroll and it doesn't look as good. Like it would be cool to stop by and show people for sure, but it'd be way better to just do it on its own power. Like the yeah, the well, you'll be sweet. You can haul a little uh, 
like well not a little bit if we rented out like a big fifth wheel rv camper for you guys to stay in and then you can just haul it out you can get hotels and such but pretty sweet to have it haul something as a haul stuff we could have all our gear and our swag and all that that stuff. would be neat yeah like yeah, a, yeah like a fifth wheel those tri-axle rv trailers like 40 foot like a big one get that thing going well i was thinking just haul load across canada I was thinking, like, hopefully we maybe we could work on like some kind of sponsorship deal, like go to Canadian Tire or something, or somebody that's got like a lot of stores and like pick something up and drop it off on it. And they like have dedicated stops. Like, there must be a way that we can probably we get could, some kind I, of sponsorship to get somebody to pay for we it. We could talk to CH Express and see if they wanted us to do any hauls <laughs> for them. <laughs> oh, they're still leaving negative Google reviews on us. They like, are that's hilarious. salty. Chase um, finally called him out on the review too. I like that. I saw it. He, like it's, like, a, it's keeps... the same guy, and like I just kept flagging it or reporting it. I'm like, I'm done, Mark. Like for those of you that don't know, like you use your real name, you dumbass. Yeah, this... <laughs> you can just like, go to their website and see that he's the manager or whatever his position in. Um, yeah. One thing I've seen yeah. in the chat here pop up twice now, later, later, or earlier on, um, the high school program you guys talked about. Any more details we can provide on that? Yes, yes. Uh, we got a bunch of schools signed up now, which is awesome. Are you still holding one for Manitoba? So when they decide here, I get to maybe get a school in here? I mean, we'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> we only have the budget for, like, Edison Motors. We set aside a little bit. We have the budget for, like, 14, 15 schools. I think 14, and we'll keep one as ourselves as, like, a base project. But... Um, yeah, if we get more than that, I don't know what to do over that. We'll have to like do some fundraising, or Kiss Schools might have to do like some other fundraising if they want to like buy another cart because I think we've almost filled it. Yeah, if it, well, I guess you just shut it at like fourteen or fifteen sign up. I guess just shut down anyone yeah. else from signing up. But I kind of also think like as we, if we were to, right now, it's in British Columbia. But if we, when we do, if we were to start inviting other provinces and stuff, then like. That would just open it up way too wide, and people would be like, "Well, why did you pick this guy from this province and you didn't pick us?" and things like that. I kind of mm -hmm. personally, I'm from Manitoba, more local. On my high school round. part of things. What's wrong with my high school I students? I, over here? I, oh, well, the thing I guess is, like, it might be hard to like. It'd be hard to get people all out to BC for the event, like for the race days and the challenges. Like maybe in the future, if we do a little test thing with like 15, 10, 15 schools. And we get like five, ten schools finishing it. We do it. It goes well this year. Then we can look at expanding it to other schools where we could have a BC group, like a Northern BC, Southern BC, Northern Alberta, Southern Alberta. Have everybody compete in like semifinals and then have everyone like compete at nationals or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like the winning team of each province. Then we pay for them to come out to a main event where like, you know, 15 14 provinces territories you you could have like 14 schools competing i guess we haven't really said exactly what it is here the project on the mm -hmm. podcast yet did we we miss it it's you're getting high school students sponsoring them supplying them axles controls and they get to design uh their own what is it go-kart and then there will be like three different stages or steps they have to compete golf in cart size i'm not sure the exact size we're going to and that's something with the when we get the list next week, I'm going to reach out to the schools and see exactly what they're thinking of for size, what they want, and we'll work with the schools to figure out something. And the competition is going to be pulling the greatest weight, 
Yeah. And then a speed one, the fastest one, is it? Yeah, we're going to set up the track and we'll do a lap time around the track. Like, hey, you got to do three laps around the track and we'll just do a time, best time wins. Then we'll do a tractor pull. Like you got to pull one of those sled trailers or whoever can pack the most weight. And then we'll do a distance challenge. Who can go the farthest off a battery? Or I'm open to another challenge in the place of that. Mm -hmm. And that's great because getting these young minds starting to work on innovation and creating that. And you never know, like you might find like an up and comer, like the next yeah, well, guy too. I, I know I was talking with, with Chase about it and didn't seem, you guys don't seem too keen, keen on the Manitoba thing, but I was talking about if we had to get hotel rooms and stuff, I think school grants, I think they grant us a lot. So never mind just for hotel rooms and such, but actually for doing it, if more schools want to sign up, I bet you there'd be a lot of grants for that because it's great for the young minds to be doing something with EV. You know, what's funny how many people reached out and said that they want to just, can I just buy a kit for my own? Like hundreds and hundreds of people be like, I want to just buy my own Cokert EV kit. Yeah. I think if we do it and we go and order the kit, I, I don't Cards like has some good ones. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of pre-orders, but if, to cover the budget, like just let people pre-order a kit from BC and we'll bring in some extras for people that want to order extras. I, I feel like that's fair. I don't even care. We'll just do them like... They're cheap Chinese axles. You need yeah. an import license in order to bring them into Canada. We have an import license. I'll bring it in there. If they pay for the axles, the freight, and the shipping I, to get it to merit, like, fine. I know you don't like pre-orders, but you kind of have to do with stuff like that because, okay, a bunch of people want it. Let's order 100 extra. It's a lot of money. but Then we got to make sure that they actually want yeah. it. Yeah. So if someone like, puts hey, yeah, up fine. like a quarter of the cash, they're like, well, at least we got something from it. I got to say, just, uh, just pack out. Put out 100%. Just they're not expensive. They're like 400 bucks, three, 400 bucks. Gee, well, then I'll buy a kit for my yeah. for this school here if, if you guys won't let me in. I'm, I'm well, I think they're that, not expensive. I think that Jordan's school should be able to shoe in because of his being like one yeah, of the Jordan, Jordan's school that motors. I think the kids are going to talk about it Tuesday when they get back to school. And if they're not interested, then they're a bunch of idiots and they'll never graduate high school. So. <laughs> Who would not be interested in that, man? If, if when I was in high school, I'm not even going to tell you what I did in my mechanics class. Well, especially if they're like actual, like, like, like if, we're, if they said yes, the next step would be us going to the school board and saying, "Hey, like, we're going to do this trip. Can, would you fund the hotels? Like, it'd, it'd have to be feasible." And if they were up to it, then I'm sure the kids like, "Hey, man, you want to go a trip to BC for school?" Yeah, like. Yeah, who doesn't want to get out of Manitoba? I don't even blame them on that. We do a lot. We we you're hilarious. Um, we do a lot of stuff like that too. Like we have a ski trip that like once a year. Like so, it's not like the school is against these cross country trips either. So, I mean, you would have to be a cross country trip to find a hill, right? We have we have we have valleys <laughs> here. We don't have up. We have down, and we go down. <laughs> That's funny. Go and ski it. It's only cross country. Farmers field behind a snowmobile or something. <laughs> yeah, I was actually trying to buy the ski hill in town, but it's a uh, 1.3 million for a ski hill. <laughs> I think it's down to one now because they can't sell it because it's Manitoba. But it's it's about I compare it to guys like if they've ever been to Whistler, the bunny. No, not Whistler. Sun. Where do we go, Chase? Where where do I teach you to ski? Sun Peaks. Sun Peaks, where I taught Chase Barber to ski <laughs> um, <laughs> as a snowboarder. <laughs> Eric was terrible. Okay. That bunny hill is like our hill hill here. Like that's that's the same length. So, okay. Yeah, it's not the worst, but it's not very good. Okay. <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> 
We got other things. Uh, so Topsy is still in Ontario, and actually Chase and I and Eric are flying out tomorrow morning. Uh, yep. Tomorrow we leave here and go to the Kelowna Airport and fly out. Yeah, and, we're uh, meeting we're... some potential truck buyers slash investors. We've got a big meeting with, well, actually got a few meetings with a bunch of people. Hopefully we can sell some trucks. And then we're doing our big public event on the 14th in Niagara Falls. Nice. That's awesome. And, That's awesome. And uh, the Niagara Falls one that we're doing is it's a, we're doing a team up with DeBoss Garage, which is yeah. kind of cool. And follows them. some people are asking about what our plans are. And I get a lot of people asking of like, what are you selling them to the public? So right now we're selling them to partnership development partnerships. The next five trucks are still going to be expensive. We still, we still have a bit of engineering work to do. We have, federal motor carrier safety things to go through in the states to make sure that it can go into the states like there's still engineering and development costs that are going to be on there and the plan is to build five trucks next year we can put those five trucks into these companies fleets they can tell us what they like what they don't like what we need to improve on and then we can make those changes improvements so needless to say these next five trucks are going to be expensive so what we're doing is companies that want to invest one to two million dollars, either the company themselves or with another investment partner coming in with that company, we'll provide a truck, we'll provide five years worth of maintenance and engineering, we'll do the engineering development and they help us get to production and exchange for doing that they're going to have um first slots in, in any kind of builds when we do a build we'll prioritize their build for helping us develop they'll get the truck and the, big, the big thing with that is the stocks though like like the yeah, stock value the equity of the company if we go like in a couple of years if we come public they'd be making a hell of a steal of a deal getting this the amount of shares they'll get out of this too well and that's exactly why i wanted to go this way because if these companies trucking companies invest with us help make us a better truck it pays off to that for them too oh it'll pay off tenfold oh 100 yeah, yeah. Most, literally at least 10 times most likely as a yeah. ceo of a company i can't say evaluation legally but you can't say I expect it to be it. But yeah, you guys could speculate. But an official Edison statement, we can't say what you expect it. But if you look at all the other EV companies out there, what they IPO'd for, that's and what I did already my have. Off of. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly it. And yeah, yeah. Chase, I'm look looking at that. Fucking, I'm buying a plane. Right. <laughs> like if you look at that stuff, then yes, yeah. that is in a similar valuation. So if these companies come in, they partnership, they get that one to two percent equity for one, two million dollars, then they help us develop a truck and they say, Okay, hey, we have industry partners, here's our truck, this is what we're selling it for, these are the orders, and we need to raise money for a factory. We IPO the company. We raised that $40, $50 million to build a full production facility with trucks that have already been tested in the field, developed, improved on, ready to go. Like we are so far ahead that that's kind of the plan there. So like, yeah. it's one of those things where it's a no brainer if the trucking company has the money. That's the thing is finding the people that say, hey, yes, I can spend one to $2 million on a on a uh, like a big concrete uh, company a, for like a nice this. concrete rig, we gotta like I'm sure we have. To well, and that's them, that's that, one of the problem is that be a, be amazing concrete trucks. There's a bit of an issue that I find here, and that's why we're starting to say that okay, the trucking company doesn't have to raise the money now if they have some private investors that can partner with the company to help raise the funds, because 
companies that are really big and say that, yes, I have a one and a half million dollar budget for environmental initiatives like electric trucks or something like that. They're so big that they need to go through so many steps of approval that they can't really buy the equity because they're either publicly traded themselves, have a large board of directors, but they just have a purchasing manager that says, I would purchase a truck and we have a budget to purchase a truck for seven, eight hundred thousand dollars. Now we have another guy that wants to come in and he says that, yes, I'm willing to take the equity. I'll come in there with the other eight hundred thousand dollars needed and then I'll take that one and a half percent equity. So they're getting the deal. Lafarge is getting the truck, and that's we're part, doing some partnership deals like that too. Because did we just drop Lafarge's name into the chat? No, I wasn't. No, we didn't mean Lafarge. No, didn't. We didn't know. Not someone Lafarge. Else, no, someone else. Somebody. Someone else. Somebody else. <laughs> there's an NDA on that. Oops. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's um, other things like a, like a, a company like Lafarge, like Lafarge or yeah, Lightburn. Well, that's why I brought up concrete though, because like, for concrete trucks, like vocational trucks, I always. The, the view on this truck is so insane. I haven't really sat in the cab and moved it, but I've seen all of the videos. I got to get out there more. You but, come out here. I know, I know, I know. But the view in there and concrete trucks are always in tight, crappy spots. Every time I order a concrete truck, every time. It's like, hey, man, you come to this awful place and you're guiding me and you can't see. If you could see all in front of you, side, like that's just it's, Well, and the other elite. cool thing about concrete truck that was really like getting the car concrete company excited was – the fact that you can run fully electric on site. Now, a lot of cities have noise bylaws that say you can't run a diesel engine before seven o'clock in the morning or after nine, mm. 10 o'clock at night. Well, now if you're a concrete thing, you can run in on site fully on electric, unload on electric, leave on electric, and you fire the generator up on the way to the batching plant, which means you could run your batching plant and concrete pouring operation 24-7 if you're on a large project, which is absolutely huge. Yeah. Man, we lost Jesse again. He came in here for two seconds and left. <laughs> He's like, they're not yeah. talking about me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, we're talking about concrete trucks, Jesse. Uh, okay, hopefully it was because we didn't acknowledge him. Um, I'm going to text in here quick. I, I forgot. I forgot for october 14th i was talking about coming out last weekend and i was gonna buy a ticket i know i know i know i know i sorry i was on a job with this company i'm contracting with and the supervisor got fired and i'm now the supervisor and oh. i can't leave so i don't want to be i tried twice to get out of it and they just they have no one else right now and so i have to stay on site for another week or two unfortunately yeah, so answer some of these questions in the comments edit, that we're getting. Edison Motors is privately held. We don't have any shares to offer right now, except we're doing these partnership deals and private equity funding, like um, trucking companies partnering with investors or things like that, is that we're focusing on this. And when we get these deals in place and we know we've got some trucks to build, then we may consider doing another route of crowdfunding, but that's a maybe is that right now we just, we don't need to do crowdfunding. If we can just build the trucks, that's what we'll do. If we were to do crowdfunding, it's because we'd want to like look at it and say, Oh, we got to upgrade a shop and maybe get like a little overhead. Claim. I, we don't have to use a backhoe for everything. Yeah. My, my thing with the crowdfunding is more about the fans themselves. Like I want them to have another shot at this so badly. I know that we want to do too. I do too. It's just it's yeah. such a ton of work. Like it yeah. is a massive, massive tons of work. It takes like two months to wrap it up. 
Like, I wouldn't mind doing maybe even just like a limited round. Like, I was gonna say, like, like 500 to a thousand minimum, like one day, 500 bucks. This is your one chance if you're like for like the really big fans. Yeah. But even then, it's the amount of things to go through. But I want the fans to invest. And I like that we have our fans invested with us that have a chance. Like, because like then it gives them a chance to like, if they support us and ex- we grow and their investment grows with us too. And I love that aspect. So I'm really on the fence. Yes, it's a ton of work, but yes, it's awesome to have yeah. them with. So uh, sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Just made it worse. No. I know. Like it it's, took, it's still it was, a big internal debate in Edison Motors right now. Yeah. It it took months of getting those, the first round of, uh, like the share certificates out to the point that in round two, they, it was just electronic, no share certificates, it just yeah. to save time. And it's still, I believe Eric is still daily. He has a, a time when he goes home where all he does is send people like verifications or I something. Think he got them sent out or something, but he gets people asking for whatever reason, our emails were going to people's junk folder. So all of the things got sent out went to junk. But if anyone's listening, your original purchase number is your shareholder number that is your number it's it's all registered it's all filed with the government it's it's all mm-hmm. done but a lot of people went to junk mail oof big oof yeah um oh what was i gonna ask oh okay it's a later show note but i quite like this conversation chase's thoughts on speeding tickets what is Ooh. that all about and tickets for good behavior what what, what did you guys get up to i don't know chase when we drove to Kelowna. A couple weeks ago, we, we had a conversation in the truck. So I'm like, oh, I'm writing that down. Because oh, yeah. We, we come down the hill and there's a speed trap. And uh, someone flashed their lights. And I might have been going a little bit heavy, but I slowed down. And then Chase is like, I love it when people flash their lights like that. Yeah, yeah flashing lights to warm people outside. That's a beauty move. Though, because I hate where speeders over. set up in this, like where cops set up the speed trap. It like For those that don't know Highway uh, 97C, it's up and down and windy turns through the mountains. But where the cops set up to do the speed trap is always on like the bottom of the hill on a long, flat, straight stretch. And, and it's the like safest this, spot, the safest spot of the road. And that's where they're going to make sure people are doing the speed, like set up in the windy, twisty corners where you're actually like coming down all these corners and going through the rock bluff. Like that's where the, you should be setting up a speed check, because if any issue that you're going to have speeding, it would be in that spot. And then we're like, oh, well, tickets are they're just trying to collect revenue with ticketing tickets that's why they're setting up in the easiest yeah. catch spot and i think honestly if like i was prime minister i would set a law that said you are not allowed to make revenue off speeding tickets make tickets revenue neutral and there's a brilliant way to do it what i think is and there's already some countries in i think uh the north scandinavian country scandinavian country and i don't want to remember exactly which one but they did something like this but they issue positive tickets, which mm-hmm. is you essentially get money back if you get a ticket where like, like it's rewarded for good behavior. Like, hey, we know you slowed down, moved over for the cop car. I noticed that I got your license plate. I'm going to give you an extra $200 off. So when you, you res- insure your insurance next year. It's $200 off. Instead of just getting negative points on your license, you get positive points on your license. Yeah. You stop for an accident. You're like, oh my God, there was an accident. I stopped. I helped. I got that person out of the vehicle. I got him to safety. The cop's like, oh my God, man. 
Can't believe you stopped and helped those people that were in an accident. That's awesome. Here's a $500 check for you. You can go into the local government office. You get that $500 check or tax rebate or whatever it is. If you do good behavior, you should get rewarded for it. Positive points on your license so that when you go to renew your, renew your insurance, the insurance company looks and be like, oh, he moves down for slow tow trucks. Oh, he helps out people. Oh, we noticed he picked up a cop saw him picking up some litter somewhere. We gave him a benefit for it. And then you get take the money that's, hey, you were doing negative driving. You were speeding. You were doing this. You were doing that. You take the fines from those people and you give it to the people doing good. Because so many studies have shown and proven that you are better at correcting behavior at rewarding good behavior than punishing bad behavior. So I think this is like the best answer to tickets aren't just revenue for cops. Tickets are actually to enforce good and bad behavior in society, yeah. which is what they were originally designed for. I, and that, that had helped too with the outlook on cops too, because in the last few years it hasn't been great. And this way, like, you know, you do something right, you get rewarded for it. You Maybe less people would hate on Well, cops. that's true because uh, cops do a hard job. I've seen some of the videos where cops are like just arresting people, dealing with things and like they have a hard job. But people hate cops because the only time you're dealing with cops it's normally in a negative way. Oh, I got my house broken into and now I got to deal with these cops or, oh, I got pulled over and got a fine. Wouldn't it be nicer if cops could come and give you like a positive thing and you're like, oh man, that cop saw me doing something next, something nice and he gave me a hundred bucks. Like, sweet, awesome. That cop just gave me a hundred bucks for being a good person. I like that cop. Like then people aren't going to hate, be so anti-cop all the time because mm. cops are out looking for good things and bad things. Like, this is a no-brainer. How come we don't do this? I don't know. We don't do a lot of things we should do. No, that's that's <laughs> such a, gr a great point all around. Like it, it's, yeah, I, I'm totally on board with that. If, I thought if, oh, what they really want to do. Um, it's not Sweden. It wasn't Sweden. Maybe I'm thinking Switzerland. There I was, was a country that did a pilot project on this. It, it like was and it wasn't a big thing. It was like one town that did it. But they had good things. Like, it's not an overall thing. But he's, I wanted to say Sweden. That's why I was thinking Scandinavia. I remember reading about this, like, three, four years ago. I was ago, just Googling and the ideas... it. I think Regina, Regina tried it, actually, like, in Saskatchewan there. Re but I don't know. Really? I don't know if they I don't know if they actually would have done it like, like Sweden, Switzerland. It was probably like, hey, we won't we won't club for <laughs> this. Like, it wasn't actually that positive. <laughs> so. Yep. Okay. Um, what, what else we had here? Uh, I'll just know. So uh, I had a, my kidney stones are out if anyone cares. I had a kidney stone operation that sucked, really, really sucked. And uh, when my kidney stones first hit, it wasn't it didn't even like hit me in the kidneys. It just felt like I got straight kicked in the balls and mm -hmm. to the point like I was I got sick. And uh, so I had my operation finally and I was it, I was down for like a week after that. But I'm better now, just in time to go for Ontario. So happy, happy. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, continue. Go ahead. No, go. Ahead. go. No, I, no. I, was, I was just thinking about something. I don't know if we want to talk about it or not, but the SC cart situation. Do we That's talk a, about that or no? <laughs> I got the video queued up here. I think we should just one last time say it, but it's up to Chase. There's um, a thing. Montreal We're trying not to get a positive ticket thing. So Montreal, <laughs> it looked own. like Regina. And, sorry, I was Googling <laughs> no, where had okay. it. And I know I've read about it. And it seems like three Canadian cities I found. Maybe I was just... I could have Canada? Like a, a country with an S did it. And that's all Sweden and Saskatchewan are very similar. So Montreal fair, exactly. and Sweden, all both foreign countries. Oh, yeah. the SC cart thing. We can go into it. I really don't care. It's they're just 
I, I gotta say my quick two cents here. For anyone who doesn't know the SC card thing, we talked about it last week. Chase called out some cards for being made in Canada and clearly found them on Alibaba. So if you want to check out some videos on the Edison YouTube, go check that out if you're just listening in your car. Um, don't do it while you're driving. You'll get a ticket, not a positive one. Um, now, I have to say, I wasn't sure when you when you first popped them up. I'm like, well, maybe they changed some things. So then I was doing some deep dives, and you have the video where like you compare them. They're the exact same. Like you, They can't even try hide that and we found out some more stuff where they're definitely but we can't really say exact it. but looking it's at them like they look pretty it's, exact but yeah they're, like yeah. they're like it was enough that the thing is is that these carts look like other golf carts made all over that sold all over north america yeah made in china and there's like at, at least 10 different companies selling these go, golf carts in like australia north america europe and all that and the mm -hmm. one place down in Florida calls it the Edison TTC, which is how we know about it because there's one company that sells them as an yeah. Edison go-kart and people are like, well, tag us in it. I'm like, yeah, no, they're selling a go-kart. It's a rebranded Alibaba thing. Not, I don't care about it. Yeah, People know that's not Edison Motors. But I've seen this go-kart, golf cart, and that's why like walking into the event, I'm like, oh, I recognize this thing. And I know exactly where it is, where it's sold on Alibaba go out and then and the thing is like they're saying that we're launching a harassment campaign and that we cornered them in their booth like if you watch the video they come up to us and they're like hey do we have it because we're walking past like a camera we're filming a few things at the show because we're just like film people that seen the youtube have seen our different videos we've done on different things at the show and we we're just filming they're like hey do you got any questions Oh, I'm come like, here, hey, guys. Any questions yeah. for us? <laughs> any que literally flags us down. Be like, you have any questions? And all I did is I asked the question, are these made in Canada? Yeah, yeah, the, from the ground up. Uh, well, we, we, we build everything in um, Vernon, B.C. And then I read their sign. I'm like, cool. And then I go and I read their sign that says, mm -hmm. these go-karts are carefully crafted in, carefully crafted and manufactured in the heart of Vernon, B.C. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then I go back there and I'm like, are these actually manufactured in Vernon? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, because this ad on Alibaba shows the exact same cart. And we show, I think we have which is a fair enough to question to ask because you know what? It wouldn't be the first time that China has stolen ideas and designs from somebody and then resold it elsewhere. Maybe these are the original designers of the golf cart. So we ask. And then when I ask him, like, are they actually built? Here's the ad on Alibaba. He's like, oh, uh, well, um, we have a factory overseas that uh, we'll, we'll play the video. I'll play yeah, the well, let's let's play the video. Should we just do that right now? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 let's okay. Cue this out. You don't want to see. Oh, we don't have it's, to. It's, it's good so audio. Done with this. It's, it's, it's good controversy audio. with a go kart a company out of BC. SC Carts. They're saying I was harassing them and launching a campaign against them. And let me give you my side of the story because all I did was post one video where I talked to the person for less than two minutes. Let me start off by saying that before Fully Charged Show, I had never heard of SE carts. But we went into the trade show and they had these golf carts set up, the big sign that said Made in Canada. And that attracted my interest because I'd like things made in Canada. We noticed at the show that their carts here, here's a nice blown up picture from their website, look like these ones being sold for crown carts down in the States. This one is a VIP cart called the Edison, sold down in Florida. E-Car sells these in Australia. Here they are again. So I went and had a look on Alibaba, see if they were being sold on there. And there's the exact same cart. There's the Alibaba one for 2,800. And this is the SC cart one where they said manufactured in Vernon. So I compared the two, the Alibaba one, 
Look at the little turn signals, headlight, tires, rims. And you look at the SC cart, same tire, same rim, same turn signal, same headlight, same windshield wiper location. The brake caliper on the SC cart. It's the same brake caliper as the one made in China. Look to the rear of the SC cart and the rear of the one off Alibaba. It's the same back end. The interior of the SC cart was the exact same in the interior one that we saw in Alibaba. Anyways, you get the point. These things look identical. So we figured we'd go ask them because, you know, it's not the first time China has copied something from somebody else. So let's go ask SC carts. Do you have any questions about our vehicles? No, these are made in Canada, eh? Yeah, no Canada. Right in Vernon. Everything from the ground up. Everything from the ground up. Canadian. Every one of our vehicles is manufactured and carefully crafted in the heart of beautiful Okanagan Valley in Vernon, BC. So yeah, they tell us they make these from the ground up in Vernon. So I show them the ad on Alibaba. Is it actually assembled in Canada? Yes. Because like, it is on Alibaba. Mm -hmm. Well, that's 4,500 bucks. You guys manufacture them all in Vernon? Well, we work with a, with a... Uh, I love it, I love it. Our uh, factory overseas, but we build everything there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Assemble. Assemble it all in Canada then. Yep. Do you build them in Vernon? No. They're factory overseas. We have, yeah. we have uh, facilities. Just like every other uh, They're stumbling. Uh, After showing them the ad and what we found online, they say that, yeah, they work with a facility overseas. So here's a part where it gets a little more complicated, and I'll let you decide. But it looks like they do do some manufacturing in Vernon. They off do some painting. They'll change the seats, put in a new stereo in these things. And that meets the definition of made in Canada. So the law in Canada is that if 51% of the total direct costs of producing the good occurred in Canada, you can say that it's made in Canada. So if you change things like seat fabric or the stereo, I guess, you could say that, hey, we Although made I this in Canada this, said because we spent over half the cost of the vehicle in Start Canada. Now, does that count? Like their sign said that every one of our vehicles is manufactured and carefully crafted in the heart of Vernon, BC. That's up to you guys to decide. Now, my opinion, it's just my personal opinion, that just because I bought this truck, gave it a new paint job, put some chrome on it, put a new stereo on it, doesn't mean that this truck is now made in merit. Anyways, I posted that one video as a one-off where I asked them those questions, and that was it. And they are so mad saying that I'm launching a massive media campaign. I literally posted the video once, and that was it. They're saying I'm using unethical business practices, harassing other businesses done. in the industry for their yeah. personal no, gain. No, you gotta say this. Yeah, they're unfounded, unwarranted. I literally just showed a video where they said the things. This is from Ashley Stone. Ashley Stone in this article here saying that attacking brothers' business. They're going on to the Edison Motors page saying that we're needlessly attacking them and saying untruthful things. When all I did was ask them the same question twice and showed them the ad and they said the things. Anyways, that was it. I really don't care. Like, I don't care about a Google review. They mean That's nothing. That's pretty much it. It's just yeah. one of those things. I know I know you didn't want to talk about it too much again, Chase. It's just, it's so maddening that they tried to fight that if they just left it. They should have Oh, just they tried it. to attack us and they went to yeah. shot themselves. Uh, like, they went to the news to say that yeah. a company is harassing them with unfounded rumors that aren't based in truth and saying things about the company that's not true. I'm like, I didn't say anything about the company. You said yeah. the things. I just asked you. All I did was I asked you, are these made in Canada? And then I read your sign that says, are they made in Canada? And then I went back and said, are they really made in Canada? And you're like, no. Yeah. Oh, oh you're yeah. attacking us. Asking questions about our product at a trade show. How, How dare, dare you, you come and do a trade show and ask us questions about the product when we said, do you have any questions about the product? 
Yeah. You should have right? said no and moved on. I, I know I know how this conversation went, though. They were talking about what should they should do, and this lady, the sister-in-law, was like, guys, I'm the editor of this paper. I'm a big deal. And she, like, probably hyped herself up, and then was like, I'm going to – I'll ruin these guys. I'll ruin them. And then now well, I got I got a I have a couple things I have, have to add here. First of all, guys, I, if you see this and you feel inclined to go leave them a negative review, just don't. We don't need that. They got enough. Like leave us a positive. Just instead leave us a positive review. If you have this energy to be like, I'm gonna leave them a negative review, just go tell us on Google why you like Edison Motors. I mean, but even that, we really don't no, care. And it won't do anything. It. They have literally no negative reviews, anyways. They just have remove them. Yeah, yeah, they, they just, just remove just, which is what is the point of a Google review if businesses if can just remove reviews? It, which is also why I say like who cares about Google reviews? Because what's yeah. the point of a Google review if every bad Google review can get deleted or removed? Like mm, that yeah. completely defeat like they have literally zero reviews in the last few weeks. Be and they had something like 40 reviews where people left like one star saying that they're reselling like so it doesn't matter don't bother leaving a google review it's not worth the time don't go bother hey leave us a good one though yeah hey. leave edison a good review that goes yeah. that and helps us more than anything else i also have to say that i sat beside chase and i listened to his whole interview with the castanet reporter who we have mm -hmm. since been told by other people we can't mention that she could possibly be like a sister-in-law of the company or something. If you go back and friends look the, work, the company or somebody like she's company. done a lot of positive reviews on it. Yeah. And I had to actually call like her editor and be like, whoa, all these things I said, like she was the like she wrote a report without like completely like biased against me without doing any stories. Like Chase Barber just picked on this company's SE Motors because he didn't like the sign that SE Motors had. And I'm like, yeah. I, that, that is what I said. But I said, I because she asked me, the reporter asked me, why did you pick on SC carts? And I'm like, well, I didn't really pick on them. They're like, she's like, do you have any existing background on like, she's like, do you have a pre-existing feud with the owner? And I said, no, I don't know anything about SC carts. I just mm -hmm. didn't like that they had a big sign saying made in Canada. And when we asked them, they said that, yeah, they're not really manufactured in Canada. I didn't so like that sign it. saying that. And she's like, Chase just picked on him. He admitted that he didn't know anything about SC cards, and he just picked on him because he didn't like the display they had. And I'm like, that's not what I did. Yeah, Chase yeah. basically said what he said in this that clip we just showed, but she just took all the parts that can make him look bad and did this huge biased story. I sat Anyways, there and I listened I don't to care. the whole Let's thing. Yeah, okay. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's everyone's in on it now. We know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, so that's it, guys. And uh, that's all behind us. Uh, mm. Moving on, then, what else did we had here? Uh, oh, right now, so we got hard hats showing up, like those sweet hard hats, and uh, they're stuck at the airport right now. And uh, I ordered them, and they got shipped to the airport, and they're stuck in customs. And we were getting charged $45 a day. It was supposed to be expressed to my house. And then the person I was dealing with, they shipped them to customs. And thank thankfully, Chase has an import license because it's like, thousands of dollars to get one right and i wouldn't even be able to get that yeah and they the shipper that shipped the hard hats put the wrong um 
wrong address on it or wrong import. They put your business name on it instead of Edison Motors because you hired them and your Alibaba account had your business name on it. So they just put that in there and you're like, no, it's Edison, but your business didn't have an import license. We had to redo the paperwork. It was a, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's stuff there. So when we get back to Ontario, they should be here. We also should point out from this whole thing, we don't have an issue with people getting things from China. Like no. we get things from China too. It's yeah. just where they went wrong. Was, it's, it's talking. It's, yeah. it's being open about like, like, like we are, oh, we have the video where you guys go to China. Yeah, we went to company. China. Like, it's so me. different. That's so different than trying to lie about it when it's such an obvious lie. Like there are things like we tried to find everything to be manufactured. We learned when we built, uh, started this truck that there's just not enough manufacturers in Canada. Certain things aren't even made over here. Like you couldn't even buy an electric axle in Canada. We had to go to China for that. Like these hard hats we're bringing in, these steel hard hats aren't even manufactured. Like hard hats aren't manufactured anymore in North America. We got to go to China. But we're open and honest. And we say that, hey, these are coming in from China because that's where all of these are made now. Well, it's, it's tough. People don't get, like, get it. But usually when I say this, they, they kind of clicks in. But like we can buy some of the stuff from America, but they have bought it from China. So why? Like it's, yeah. they're just a broker. Like let, that let's too. just go right to them. So. But what we're not saying is that we manufactured the hard hats in your town. <laughs> no, we. I got some steel and I hammered it all out on a right. anvil. I made but all those hard hats. A like price that, of an import like this? Eric told me it was like over six grand or something like crazy like that. Like it's super expensive. You can't just go and do that. Which thankfully Edison has one because I don't know. They changed the law, so I don't know what it is anymore. So if that's what Eric says, I'd believe it. But they did change the law. I, I don't. I don't think it's six grand, but like it's like six hundred bucks to a grand. Or it, it's not uh, cheap, and it takes a few months to get it now. Whereas it used to be like thirty bucks, and you get an import license. Now we got grandfathered in because we had ours before. But mm, makes sense. Yeah, so so that sucks. And uh, I think we kind of worked our way through our talking point. Yeah, we had some more Jesse questions, but he's not here. Yes. Sucks that Jesse All dropped right. off. Um, you guys can follow Jesse on TikTok. It's at he's Jesse got Barrymore. Good, he's got a good TikTok, yeah. He's yeah. entertaining the way he, he's got like a his persona. That's the way he words things. And he's always, he's a funny guy. I enjoy oh. it. A lot of people are saying, look local, develop national, sell global. You know what? I do think that there is an advantage to doing things local and not always relying on global-based businesses because I want to go into a brief explanation on the economics of why using local stuff makes more sense. And it's not always on the sales. Like you can't compete sales and manufacturing local, but local businesses are incredibly, incredibly efficient at getting things done. It's why I hate that all of these new government contracts are going to mega international based businesses because they're so inefficient. Whereas if you use local instead of these massive global companies, the comparative advantage of local is that they can pivot efficiency. Like, let's look at the building of the Coquihalla Highway. The Coquihalla Highway was built in 1984 in 15 months for $800 million, they built the entire highway. Now, we had a flood, um, I don't know, what was that, two years ago now, two and a half years ago? Yes, where two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago, we had a flood. And we lost about six bridges on this highway out of a 
you know, the 50 bridges that are up total amount of it. We lost six. It has been two years to rebuild those bridges. It's taken longer to rebuild those six bridges than it did to build the entire goddamn fucking highway from start to finish, including all the bridges. And the bill for just building these six bridges is now something like twice the amount of building the actual highway. Like it's cost you two, three times more now to build just a few bridges because we're using a giant international corporation, global corporation to build these things. Whereas we built the highway, it was like Norgard's ready mix, Hilbert's ready mix down in Hope, Emil Anderson construction out of Hope. And now you got a company like Qit, and they're just racking up the fucking payments on these things. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been two years and the bridges aren't even done. If you build the entire fucking highway in the 1980s in like 16 months, you should be able to replace the two bridges and fix, just fix the two bridges in less than two years. How the fuck does it take twice as long to build a bridge or fix a bridge than it does to... Uh, sorry, I'm worked up. But that is the big... <laughs> that, that is the big thing why I say, like, local is more efficient. Like, if we just hired a bunch of local contractors, number one, the money would have stayed in the community. All the profit for that money would have been stayed in merit and hope and it would have circulated in this economy with a profit and we would have got it done a lot quicker and we would have gotten a lot done a lot cheaper for taxpayer money too like it was a win-win around if you use local this is the point where you want to use local it may not be manufacturing hard hats and every every hard hat has to be built locally but we can damn well build our infrastructure right sorry Agreed. and we can do it better yeah, we can do it better, cheaper, and yeah. we can take the advantages of it. Some of those projects, when it, when it just gets that large, though, it, it sucks because you have to be like the power to bid on that job, all the bonding and paperwork you need in place just to do it. A lot of these small companies can't. So then these huge companies roll in and get these contracts, and then they just sub out these small guys for a lot less than they would make if they were actually doing it themselves. Yep. But the small guys do it anyway, and then the company just makes more and more money, and then they add on extras. Half of these jobs nowadays for these big projects there's a guy designated towards just finding extras where we can make more money out of this. Oh, we bid this much. Say we bid $50 million. Okay. Where are we going to get the next 10, 15 from? They're not in there. Let's, Oh, we had to do this. It was extra. We had to do this. It was extra. And that's just what they do. And they, or no, even I, if there's, I if they make, ask, they make these extras up. How did, uh, are you dealing with that crack on your boom? Uh, oh your boom, yeah. Right? My exterior boom cracked. Uh, no, no, I got it welded up that day. Like I had a welder nearby. And he came and welded up. And it was fine. I've, it's it's been fine since, but I haven't really been running it too much. But I, I, now I'm just worried. Every time I dig, I'm like checking the whole thing, like looking for cracks again. So, oh, so we never said it on the air, but you were on a job and he got out for oh, a yeah. reason. I forgot about that. Look over. Yeah. yeah. So what's happened there? No, no, that was when our live ended last time. But I was digging for a customer, and he, he was a guy I knew, and I used the bathroom. I was like, hey man, run into your house quick. So I had the boom in the hole and I was on the way back and I like glanced over, kept walking, stopped. And just a hairline crack was like on my boom, on my stick cylinder, like right where it connects. And it was starting to peel back. And so I, I, I was on this job site where I'm supervising now. And I called the welder there. I was like, hey man, like, like I was, I'm just a few miles from it on the weekend trying to work with my own stuff. And I was like, hey, like, can you come over? You came over v'd it out but it was cracking in other spots in this area so it's just a faulty i don't know what why it was faulty but this part of the boom where the stick connects the stick cylinder connects 
just all cracked up. So he vetoed every every little crack, welded them all solid. Like the steel there should be in a lot better shape. But I was pretty pissed off. Like it's a 2013 excavator. It's not that old. And just a bunch of cracks in, in the part of the boom. So good catch. Yeah. I was very happy I caught it because he he was like, if this would have just if you would have missed it and this peeled back, he's like, your arm would have been like ripped off. Like it'd been bad, bad. So yeah. Oh, good so, catch. I'm Glad it's all fixed up, but hopefully you don't yeah. lose your arm. Yeah, a and bill. you should buy a gravel truck. Uh, all right, we should probably wrap things up on that note. <laughs> yeah, I got Thanksgiving supper to get to, so. Oh, right, yeah, right. yeah Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Yes, all right, happy Thanksgiving. We're spending our Thanksgiving flying to Ontario on a plane and waiting at airports. Oh, right. Yep. Pick, yeah. Pick wait, wait, we got the we got the outro here. Here's our little outro. On our social medias. Did you end the show?